Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Oh, wow. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's going good. Awesome. Um, my name is Pastor Scott. Thanks for being here today. Um, it's an honor to be able to, to bring you the word. Uh, I, I love having the chance to do that. I don't take that lightly. Uh, and I just appreciate, you know, I've been to some churches where when it's not the main guy, people don't show up because it's not the main guy. Right. And I appreciate that our church is um, is a church that the main the main guy is Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and no matter who is preaching, whether it's Matt or myself or Adrian or, or any anybody else that we have, the word of God is is, is brought out and, and, and given to our congregation and people receive it. And I love that. So thank you guys. Um, I appreciate it for sure. Come on, dude. Uh, today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is I'm Not Happy. Alright? Hello. I'm not happy. Now, I think that's a little heavy. I've got some scripture that's also a little heavy. So I'm gonna read that first and, and then we'll we'll kind of break it down, okay? So today we're coming out of Job, alright? So we're coming out of Job 1, verse 13 through 22 says, now there was a day when his sons and daughters, meaning Job's sons and daughters, were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's home. And there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another, and he said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another. And he said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. I'm going to pray and then we'll kind of break that down. Jesus, we thank you so much for another opportunity to be opportunity to be found in your house and to be found praising your name we pray that you would use this word to speak to us to, to open us up um, and that you would just deliver what you have for us in this word today god yeah. that it would be received well by all of us including myself and that your name would just be glorified through it all yes, Jesus. we pray this in your name amen, amen. amen. awesome 
Um, I know that's kind of heavy, all right, but uh, we'll kind of break it down a little bit and kind of show you this, the, uh, the good things in there, okay? Um, but has anyone ever had um, something happen in your life where, you know, there's a moment or just something that is done to you or something like that where you're just confused as to, you know, why this would happen? Yes. Or why it, would, why it was allowed to happen to you? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, like here, yes, already. Like it's that's a thing, all right. And and obviously, I'm not expecting anyone to have the the day like Job had, right? I'm not expecting anybody to have gone through something like that. But you know, there are things that happen in our lives that that are are not expected that we are left asking, you know, why did this happen? Right. Even if it's not everything that you value in your life being taken away from you in an afternoon. Right. There are still those experiences where we're, we are left asking why, and I mean, I personally, I know that I have, I've had those moments. I, I'm only 29 years old, but I feel like I have had my fair share of life experiences that have left me questioning why something has happened or why it was allowed to happen. Yeah. And um, you know, like I said, it's nowhere near the experience that Joe goes through here. Uh, because unfortunately for him, it just continues to get worse. Right. Uh, but as as humans, you know, at, at some point we're going to have something happen that doesn't you know line up with with the plans that that we have for ourselves, the right. things that we have planned out. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just I mean, if you look at this year alone, like if you just look at 2020, if you'd have told me a year ago that coronavirus would have swept the entire world and we would have been in quarantine and stores would be shut down like I would have laughed in your face probably like there's no way that I would have believed you that the entire world would basically just be paused and people would be forced to separate from everybody and just stay in their homes that that's very unexpected there's no way that I would have ever believed that was gonna happen right um, but I mean here we are, we're coming out the other side of that six, seven months later after this this crazy period of time. And you know, in this in this time, you know, whether it's been financial loss or you've lost a loved one due to this, um, or you've simply had a, a, a toll such a toll taken on you mentally and spiritually because of being separated and isolated for, for six months, you know, all those things, you know, whatever it is. It, it's been tough. Like this, this whole season has been tough for everyone. Right. And I know for me personally, it was uh, it was a lot harder than I realized it was on me uh, when we were finally able to really start meeting for for church in person again. It really hit me how much I had missed right. my community, right. how much I had missed the people that that are around me. Yeah. Um, you know, in that I didn't really understand it. And once we got back together, you know, that community was was so important to me, and, I, and it really hit me hard that I missed that. Um, and I know that there are plenty of people in here that felt that as well. Yeah. And then um, this summer, as you can see, I had a little bit of an accident. Okay. Um, I took a dive off some steps and I dislocated my shoulder, and I've I've had surgery because of that. Um, and I, I've experienced some some crazy healing from from people praying over me. It's been awesome. Um, I've not had pain in I mean since like two days after yeah, the surgery, awesome. so it's been awesome. Um, mostly still wear the sling 
because of doctor's orders and, and my wife's orders, um, mostly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where, where I've been. Um, and if you, know, if you know me even just a little bit, uh, I'm, I really like to be active and doing yeah. things. I used to be a personal trainer. I really like being in the gym. I like to play sports. Like all that stuff just really, it brings me a lot of joy to, to be able to do those things. Yeah. So, you know, having an arm that has basically been useless for the last while, um, it's really been a, a season of, of, you know, disappointment and frustration and just really in that moment of just asking like why this kind of stuff has happened. Right. And uh, if I'm being honest, there's been some frustrating conversations with the Lord where I'm just, I'm in that spot of why is this happening? Why was this allowed to happen? Right. Yeah. Um, and by no means am I telling you this as, you know, any type of pity party for Scott because I don't, that's not boohoo, I, I don't care, that's not why I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> The reason that I'm doing it, and I, or I'm sharing all of this, is because the the last couple months, you now I, I've really been struggling with the, the mental side of that. Just um, you know, there have been some depression that had started to come in, and some anxiety, and just really mentally, I, I was having some some big battles with that, um, simply because of my, my physical state, um, and. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, I, I had a for real conversation with Jesus, and it led to some some crazy breakthrough that I was able to have. Yeah. And because of that, you know, I after experiencing that and having some some awesome crazy things happen, um, you know, I just decided that what we're in a series called "This Is War." So I decided that today, you know, we're gonna. We're gonna, I'm not going to waste that season that I have gone through. That I'm going to use it and we're going to declare war on depression and anxiety Amen. and these spiritual battles that we go through. Um, and I'm going to shed some light on my own, my own personal situation and then I'm going to put it to bed for good. I'm not going not to have anything to do with it anymore. So that sound alright with you guys? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so basically in this scripture, you know, we have, we have Job. And before this piece of scripture that I read earlier in the passage, it says that, that Job is blameless and upright in God's eyes. Yeah. He's a man of God. He's, he's, a, he's a man who, um, he loves God, he's been blessed by God, and he, he's, it says right there, like he is just, God loves this dude. Right. He is, is upright and faithful. Yeah. And he has a large family, and he's super wealthy, like the guy is just loaded. Um, it says here that earlier in chapter 1 that he owns 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, and 500 donkeys. Okay? So the, his donkey business isn't, isn't quite on par with the rest of his business. But he's growing it. He's a good business. Okay? Um, it's a growing business. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, he also has a, a ton of servants, okay, because I don't care how hard of a worker you are, you can't take care of 10,000 right. animals on your own. Right. So he has this giant operation. Like he is, he's like a corporate business dude. He's got this, this huge thing going on. Um, and it, it's just insane, like how much this guy has. And I did some, some research um, into his wealth and when I 
say research, I mean that I typed into Google like how rich Joe would be today. And uh, I found some information that uh, it was kind of crazy to look at because he, if, if we're speaking about like Job in general, he'd live pretty comfortably today. He is like eight figures living comfortably. Like he's a multi-millionaire. Uh, tens of millions of dollars is what his like overall business would have been worth today. Okay? Um, and when I read that, I was like, wow, that's kind of insane. Because when I was reading the scripture, I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of animals. That's a pretty big farm. This guy's doing all right. Yeah. But when it translates to today's money, like that is, that's insane. Like that's a, an amount of money that Personally, I can't even really imagine having like something that is worth that much money. And then let alone to to have all of that, including his his ten children, destroyed and killed and taken away from him over the course of one afternoon. Like that it, it's all just gone immediately. And and when I say afternoon, like that's what the scripture said. Like literally it is one afternoon. One person comes and tells him he's lost something, and then the next person, and the next person, and the next person. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine that feeling of one after the other, somebody just delivers bad news to you, and everything that you have worked for, everything your entire family is just is just gone. So that's where that's where Job's at, um, and in this. This unbelievable sequence of events that Satan has has taken just everything from Job. It says that Job does not sin by charging God with with wrongdoing. Yeah. He doesn't curse God. He doesn't come after God and, and and just like scream at God for for destroying everything he's got. He doesn't do any of that. And that's kind of crazy to me because I mean even in chapter two later on. Satan gives Job painful sores all over his body. Like not only has he, you know, attacked his possessions and his family and like and taken these yeah. things, now he's actually attacking the physical being of Job. So now he's just in pain as well. Like, I mean, literally he's adding injury to, to insult pretty much. Like he is just piling this on top of Job. And okay. Um, but when this when this all happens, I mean, even Job's wife. I mean, she clearly thinks that Job has done something to anger God. She yeah. thinks that he's sinned in some way against God, and she she comes to Job and she says, "Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. You should curse God and die. Like that is what your life has come to." That's what you should do. Don't marry a girl like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't marry a girl like that. That's a great point. Um, but but that's, what, that's what she says to him. That's her response from all of this. While Job is, is being faithful, he, he, he rebukes her and, and tells her she's being a foolish woman and all. Like, he is staying true to what he knows. Right. And then even three of Job's friends show up. And, you know, at first they try to, to comfort him and, and grieve with him. But then, after, after seven days of, of grieving with him, they, they start to do the same thing. They start to question what he did to deserve all this. What he did to God to have all this happen to him. And through the next 20-something chapters of Job, 
they're going back and forth. It's between his friends and, and him just, you know, they're, what did you do to, to make God mad? Right. You know, what, you, you ticked him off, what did you do? And he's like, guys, I didn't do anything. Right. And it's just back and forth and back and forth, just this arguing. And, and I feel like, so first of all, after reading this, it, it, this needs to be said first and foremost. In life, it matters who you choose to yes. partner with. It yes. matters who you choose to surround yourself That's with. Great, Scott. It matters who you choose to be yoked with because, you know, when difficult seasons come, you have to have those people around you <clears throat> that believe the same things and that are going to support you in that. You have to have people around you that are going to, you know, lift your head, pick you back up, and help you to regain your focus back on onto the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, and. Because without that, it's very easy for a single person to just dwell in your in your sorrows. You know, it's you need to have people around you that are going to encourage you to not do that. Right. Pick yourself back up. Yes. They're going to help pick you up. You don't want somebody that is around you that is going to tell you to curse God and die. That's not what you want. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and you also the the main thing there is you want people around you. You have friends around you, family around you, that they're not going to allow you to, to glorify the situation that you're in or the depression that you're in. That's great. Okay? Now, you find yourself in these situations. We've seen people that are so wrapped up in, in their depression or their, their sickness or this season of hardship that, that that ends up being the only thing that they can focus on. It pulls their focus away from Jesus. And they're only focusing on, on the, this hardship that they're going through. And I can admit that, you know, going through this season of, of injury and, and surgery that, you know, there were moments where I allowed my focus to be pulled to only focusing on what's going on in my body. And, and that pulled my focus away from Jesus and what he had for me. Yeah. Right. And thankfully, I have an amazing wife and amazing friends in this room that... Have, were able to come alongside me and help me along in that, thank God. And that, that, those are the kind of people that I'm talking about that you need to just surround yourself with. And my, my main point is here, just don't, don't battle alone. Do not fight the battle alone. That's, that's, that's only going you know, to lead to you being isolated and losing that battle. You know, surround yourself with people that are going to remind you that his name is above every other name. Yeah, it's great. Like, okay, I think that needs to have a little bit better response because his name is above every other name. Like, that is something that needs to be a huge reminder in our heads all the time. His name is above every other name. It doesn't matter what the other thing is. His name is above the name of sickness. His name is above the name of depression. And his name is above the name of discontentment. Oh. No, because Come on, say it again. his name is above the name of discontent. Yeah, I'll say it again. Because without that, I, you know, I, I can become very discontent with my situation. But because of his name, you know, I'm able to be content. I'm able to rest in, in him, even when I'm going through these things. Come on. You know, regardless of what's happening in my life, I can find that peace and that rest in him and be content, just simply because of how great his name is. That's so good. And. There, there's a pastor that I listen to quite often. Um, his name is Carl Lentz from Hillsong. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, he's, uh, he's a pastor in a little, small, growing church. Um, but I heard him say this week that our spiritual growth should not be tied to our earthly circumstances. 
Our spiritual growth should not be tied to our earthly circumstances. The well-being of my soul and my relationship with Jesus can't be dependent on what is going on to my body or around me on this earth. That it can't depend on that because if it, if it's dependent on what's going on around me, then it, it's it's up and down. It's going to fail. That's right. it's not dependent on that. It's dependent on on Jesus and who He says He is. Yeah, good. And uh, like I said before, maybe I'm in need of that reminder more than anybody else. But I feel like there are definitely people in here that that need that reminder as well. That His name is above every other name. Right. And that's where we, we find our contentment. That's where we rest. And that's where, you know, we, we don't... Our relationship with Him isn't dependent on things that go on around us. Um, because, you know, we're, we're humans and, and we have emotions. And those things are real. But when, when we face trials, we can look at, at Job in this scripture for both an example of how to respond correctly in those, those trials but also how we should not respond in those trials. Right. Um, because he, he responds perfect initially, but how many of you know, like, it's when you experience a, a trial in life, when there's something not going your way, most of the time that's not just a moment of, man, that really, that really sucks, and then I'm over here, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I'm past that now. Like, if I experience something like my like for my shoulder for example i i dislocated my shoulder about three months ago it wasn't just the next day i'm like okay cool like i'm back to doing things like i had this hardship and it's over no it's it's a daily thing right. every single day right yeah. i need to be going to the lord and just yes. saying i am content in you yes. this this is where i rest is in you even though i'm still dealing with this i'm found in you I'm, i know that i have peace in you yeah so, like I said, he responds perfectly initially in the face of despair. You know, he, he is in such grief, and he has a human response. It says that he tears his robe, and he pulls a Britney Spears, and he shaves his head, which back then is that's a sign of grieving. That's not like, he's not just like, going nuts. But it's a sign of grieving, okay? So he shaves his head, but he immediately falls on the ground, and he worships, and he praises the name of God immediately after doing those things. And that's how that's how I want to respond in moments of grief. Like what what a response to to a moment of grief is is just worshiping and falling on your knees. And in those situations that, that I don't understand, you know, I want my response to be, God, I don't know why this is happening. This situation is really breaking me right now. But I'm going to praise you anyways. Yeah. Glory to you. I, my God is glorified regardless of my situation and what's going on That's around so me. Yeah. And that is the perfect example of submitting to the Lord in times of sorrow. Yeah. And that, that should be the goal for all of us, is that our hearts are, are so set on Jesus that when we face those trials, we respond in, in worship. Yeah, um, like I said, as long as that season may last, we're responding in worship. And... And guys, let me tell you something too. With with Job here, in the beginning of this text, it says that he was an upright man of God. He's he's not you going all willy nilly, and then something happens, and all of a sudden he's praising God. It doesn't work that way. If you're not found in God continuously, daily, before something happens. You're, you're doomed to fail when that thing does happen. Oh, you need to prepare before that moment happens. You need to be setting your eyes on the Lord and 
when there's no grief to be had, when there's nothing that's going on with you, when you don't feel any type of, you know, you're, you're having the, the perfect best days of your life, be praying that when, because those moments are going to come. Yeah. You know that they're, they're, it's not going to be perfect always. Yeah. Be praying that when those moments come, when you experience grief, that your first response will always be praise. Come on, come on. Be praying for that in advance. That's how you set yourself up for a win. Okay? That's great. Because, you know, I, I look at this, the whole story of Job later, and like I said, he responds so great initially, but then later on, his response is, it doesn't continue to be great. Right. right. And, I, you know, as you, as you look at the, the remaining chapters, you know, however many chapters of this book are 20-ish, whatever, he, they're just arguing. They're arguing back and forth, and, you know, I can't, and granted, we have the advantage of you know, having the, the ending in our hands, I can flip the page to chapter, or yeah, to chapter 42, and I can see how Job's story ends. Right. Right, I can see that, you know, it's a story of forgiveness for both him and his friends, and God, there, there's forgiveness that happens there. And it actually says, um, you know, the Lord restores Job's household. It says the Lord blessed the latter parts of Job's life more than the former parts. Wow. In the ending of this story of Job, God blesses him more than he was blessed originally. He gives Job ten more children. Not that you can replace your kids, but he, he blesses Job with ten more children. Yeah. And he doubles his business and his animals and everything that he had. He makes him twice as wealthy in the end. Right, that's so good. So we have the advantage of seeing that, whereas, you know, we can look in the rear view and it makes sense. But Job, he's looking forward into the unknown. So he doesn't see any of that, right? That's a normal human situation. We don't know what's, what's going to happen. But I see how long they spend arguing. And I can't help but see that as you know, wasted time and energy. Just this back and forth that they have. And it made me think, like, how often do we just waste energy debating and arguing with, I mean, people but also ourselves and God himself. Like we just waste this time where we're just have this back and forth and, and it's just wasting time and energy. Yeah. You know, we're trying to figure out, you know, why God will, will allow this to happen to us when, you know, most of the, ha most of the time, the reasoning for something happening, it, it's not going to make a difference. It doesn't matter why something happened. It happened. And we have to, we have to deal with that. Right. And, Sometimes there's no concrete reason as to why something happened, right? And that's where, that's what frustrates us so much with mental illness and, and, and depression and things like that because a lot of times there's no reason, like my shoulder situation for me personally put me in a place where it kind of brought that on. There are times where we as people experience these things like depression and anxiety and there's, there's no concrete reason as to why that's happening. So it, it frustrates us. Yeah. There's no clear reason for that. And before, I mean, reminder, we are a church that believes in doctors and, and you know, seeking the, that stuff for, for mental health. So there's no shame on anybody. If that's what you're doing, that's awesome, yeah. okay? Yeah. But we also believe 100% that our God is a miraculous healer of our minds and our souls. That's where we seek our healing first and foremost. 
You know, that when we don't understand the, the depression or the, the, like the, the anxiety that we're feeling, we can turn and we can, tr we can cry out to Jesus and that is where we find joy. That's our, our source of all of our joy. Yeah. <clears throat> because in, in the letter that Paul writes to the Romans and later on in the New Testament, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's okay to cry out to God for those things. Um, I personally believe that like, the, the church in America and Western Christianity for a long time has done people a disservice in terms of the, the view on all of this stuff. And, you know, you can, you can reach out to God, but you have to do it quietly. And you have to trust in Him, but you have to keep you know, this little box with a bow on top. Everything's got to stay inside there. Don't let anything get you know, too crazy. You know, you can reach out to God, but just do it quietly, you know, just in your alone time and your prayer. But that's, I mean, that's not the reality of life. Like, things are crazy and messy, and there are times when, you know, you, you just, you have to cry out to the Lord. Amen. There are times when you have to do that. And it's okay to, to cry out to the Lord and just plead your case with Him. It happens repeatedly throughout the Bible where people cry, cry out to the Lord and just plead their case and they, they ask for healing and deliverance and they're, they're yelling it. They're just they're asking for it not quietly. It, it's done loudly and they're, they're, there's nothing else that they could possibly think to do yeah. besides cry out to the Lord. Yeah. And in my, in my own testimony personally, you know, when, when I experienced that breakthrough, it it didn't come from me just, you know, sitting on my couch or in my bedroom just, Jesus, please, I just, you know, if, if it's okay with you, I would just like to not feel this way anymore. Right. Like if, if you would just please just take this away, please, Jesus. And it, if that's how you pray, no, I, that's fine. Yeah. But, but personally, I've, I've experienced that breakthrough when... I was, I was alone in my car and I literally just yelled out, Jesus, I am not happy. Right. I need this to be gone. I need to not be depressed anymore. I need you to fill me with your joy and with your peace. I need that inside of me. That's good. Please, please give that to me. Yes. That was my prayer along with a lot of other stuff. And it was very raw. <laughs> but that is... That's okay. Cry out to the Lord that He wants us to cry out to Him and plead our case with Him. Yeah. He will honor that. And, I, I mean, praise Jesus. I, through that, I was able to experience that deliverance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm still continuing to experience Like I said, it's daily. It is a daily thing that I... Maybe it's not expressed like that every day, but every day I'm continuing to pour that out to him and just plead my case with him. Like, God, I know what you just pulled me out of. I pray that you would just continue to put me in that direction, yeah. that you would continue yeah. to, to just keep those things off of me, that yeah. you would just continue to bless me. Yeah. That has to be a daily a daily thing. You know, even though I'm still in this season of recovery and I still have this sling on per orders from not me, um, <laughs> 
even though I'm there, my mindset has has shifted. Okay, so you know when I when I am, oh, I felt led to preach on Job, and I was reading through this story. It almost made me feel kind of silly, like that I was so upset and, and and saddened by this like little tiny surgery that I had to go. Like it's not they they do it with a little scope, and it's barely anything. But I was so upset about this this little thing when. You know, Job, had, Job has just gone through some spiritual warfare that, like, I just pray nobody on earth ever has to go through ever again because yeah. it's just, it's, it's crazy. And comparing that to my situation, you know, it doesn't compare in the slightest. It honestly makes me feel, like, very foolish to, to have thought that way. Right. But in that moment, you know, when, when we are experiencing those hardships, those emotions are real. Right. Those emotions can become very overwhelming if we let them. That's per I, I let my emotions take, get the best of me in those situations yeah. when I'm feeling frustrated. And that's when we start to lose battles, is when we allow our, the, the voice of our emotions to be louder than God's voice. Yeah. We can't allow that to happen. We have to keep God's voice the loudest voice in our lives. Yeah. And well, worship team, you guys can make your way back up here. Um, but the, the, the good news of Jesus is that he loves us far too much to leave us where we are at. Yeah. You know, when we cry out to him and we really focus on his name and let his, let his voice just drown out the other voices that are around us, the voices of our own emotions, he, he honors that. And he, and he loves us too much to leave us in that spot. He, he pushes us further along. He heals us. He brings us further along. Because that's what his blood paid for. That is what Jesus' blood paid for on the cross. Was to not leave us where we're at, but to, to bring us closer to him. To push us towards him. And he paid for that, that salvation and our healing on the cross with his blood. Now, and that's something that I, I mean, we need to get excited about just how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Yeah. Because it is powerful. There, there is power in the fact that he went to the cross for us and he shed his blood for us. Yeah, come on. And as I was preparing this message, I was actually, um, you know, I was, I was sitting in my living room doing it and I had, you know, some YouTube, just listening to, listening to some worship music because I'm very spiritual like that. And they, uh, a Hillsong song, like they, they were singing, it was kind of like a, like a live performance, so they were doing some different stuff with some songs and kind of matching some stuff together. And I heard some lyrics that sounded really familiar. Not like I'd heard them from Hillsong before, but like I'd heard them a long time ago. Yeah. And so I looked up the lyrics and um, they sounded familiar because I grew up in church and it was a song that we sang when I was younger and it's really old. It was written in 1876, so a long time ago, and probably didn't have the electric guitars to you know go along with it right, back then. Right. Um, but it was just the lyrics that were created. This guy just wrote this song and and as I just, I listened to it, like I said, I'd heard it in, in church, like as a, as a kid, we sang it, you know, with the, the old school hymns and all that stuff. And 
so I've heard before, but I, I just started to like really listen to it, and the words just really started to resonate with me more than I, I ever remembered that those words have resonated with me. And Amy, you can go ahead and just kind of start to play a little bit. And if you know the words, you can sing along, all right? This is a one and only performance because I'm not a great singer. Um, but I just want to go over the lyrics, okay? Um, because it's, it was just crazy listening to those lyrics and how, how much they impacted me. Um, but it goes, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Or 
sickness or a season of hardship that you have just been mentally battling. We're going to have some people in the back. Um, Zach, Zach is going to be back there. I think Adrian will probably be back there. I would encourage you to find them and get prayer over these areas that you need prayer over. Get healing and just let them pray Jesus' blood over yes. your situation, over yes. your mental health, over whatever it is that you're yes. dealing with. Wow. And as we worship, if you haven't allowed Jesus to take control and, and, and make him your savior, I pray that you would just have a big heart check on with him, that you would just, you would look to him and just say, you know, what, what would my life look like with your blood over it? Yeah. Now, what would be different in my life if my mentality was changed and I knew that your blood that was spilled for me is over every situation that I face in my life? I pray that you would have that moment with him as we go into this, yes. this moment of worship. And if, you know, if you've given your life to, to Christ and you're in a good spot right now, just give him the praise that he's due yes. for where you're at. Yes. Give him the praise that he's due for where he's brought you out of. Yes. And pray for your own heart that you would be upright. So in the moments of, of trial, that your first response would be just to praise him and to worship him. Yes. And just give him the praise that he's due. Yes. Does that sound all right, guys? Yes. Great. Perfect. Let's worship. <laughs> 